Welcome, welcome to another episode. New, new blood test, Derek Lunsford Natural. Is he? <laughs> Does Synthal pop up in your blood test? Find out here exclusively. Mr. Beast, not natural? <laughs> <laughs> of all people, that would be natural. I'm telling you, Mr. Beast is natural. He's well, I, natural I only, dude. I only bring him up because he's doing a thing with Derek Lunsford. That's why I uh, paired the two together. Oh, did he really? Uh, prior to the Olympia, um, Mr. Beast had a uh, like a mini video with, with Derek Lunsford. And it was like, hey, if you win the Olympia, you have to come to my gym, but I will let you put me through whatever workout you want. And so yeah. Lunsford just won the Olympia. So some I, I don't know if the video is already out yet, but um, Mr. Beast is going to be just decimated by a Lunsford <laughs> workout. That's crazy. That's awesome. Um, that's, that's really cool that he was able to do that. And he's bringing obviously more, uh, like, I guess, publicity to, to bodybuilding in general. So yeah, I mean, Mr. Beast is arguably the most well-known human on the planet right now, like for better or worse, but, um, but yeah, Derek Lunsford, as we know, is a all natural bodybuilder. Mr. Beast is a, uh, high using steroid abuser. So that, that kind of checks out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's not natty meaning natty. Mr. Beast being the not natty. Yeah, for real. I mean, you can tell by their physiques. Clearly. <laughs> Clear as day. Come on. Um, but we figured, uh, especially with everything going on, uh, uh, with me as of late, as far as like PCT and all that, now that I got the bulk of my, um, the bulk of my uh, uh, blood tests back. Figured we could just go over that. Um, I haven't gotten all of it back. I'm missing basically my IGF-1 test-free dialysis and test total estradiol responses, all of that. So um, that's the really the only thing that I'm waiting at, on at this point, which, which makes sense. I mean... Um, at the end of the day, it's the, the hormones going to take the longest to, to, to test out, but we can go over like kind of what the, the different meanings are for different things on your blood test so that you can kind of understand it better. Cause I think that, uh, understanding your, how to relatively read blood tests to see like, uh, if you have any issues or anything along those lines, it's going to be very important. Uh, cause you know, if you go to get, I think everybody should go get tested. Every every single guy should go get tested. I think at least once a year, just a hormone panel to see where they're at, whether or not you bodybuild or not, whether or not you take you know anabolics or not. It don't matter. What matters is just that you just keep track of it. Um, that way, if your body does decline in test or up in estrogen or something like that, you can catch it ahead of time and compensate accordingly. Um, so with that being said, let me go ahead and try share my screen here. Oh, I got to turn on the settings for it. Damn it. Well, I was going to say even before that, if you want to, uh, because you, you have your blood test and it's not all there. So I was going to even say, start with what that process looks like in terms of how long it takes, uh, how it's chunked out and essentially how long it takes for everything. Yeah. So 
it depends. It, a lot of the answers to that is it depends. So uh, typically there, there's been two sources I've gotten my lab test from. Uh, one is called Private MD Labs and the other one is Merrick Health. Merrick Health is run by, um, or at least financed, I don't know who actually runs it, but is um, Derek from More Plates, More Dates is behind it. He works for the clinic to make that happen. Um, so, you know, I've gotten it through them. And then I've also gotten it through private MD labs. It's just a separate company. I don't really know who runs it. Nothing like that. The reason I go to these people is because you can buy hormone panels, which a panel is just like, a, I guess it's like a gist of things, right? You're, it's not, you're not measuring for just one thing. You're measuring for multiple things. So it's a, it's called a panel. It's like a panel of judges. It's not one judge. It's a panel, you know? So, um, I go to them for it. The reason I go back and forth is depending on sales, really. At the end of the day, it doesn't really make a difference. I prefer—I mean, I prefer Merrick personally. I feel that the results come in quicker and they also draw less blood. But at the same time, there's quite a big difference between $250 for a panel and $150 for a panel. Um, my head's just cut out for a second. Um, so that's the reason I went to private MD labs because they had a black Friday sale. I said, screw it. I'm going to buy it now. And then, uh, went ahead and, and just got it then. Um, so with that being said, I, I got my private MD labs back and, and turnaround time can depend. Sometimes it's quick. Sometimes it's long. So for Merrick health, I would probably say like a couple days, with private MD labs, it's more like four or five days. They do take a little bit longer. Um, but really, like I said, I mean, the the general blood markers we're going to be going over today, I got basically the night I did it. So they received it um, December 14th, which actually doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the, the morning of December 14th, I they like... It was like 1230 midnight, just half hour after midnight on the 14th of December is when they got it. I don't, I gave them my blood on the 13th at noon. So it took them about 12 hours to get it. Um, but then about four hours after they got it, they sent me what we're going to be talking about today. Everything else is taking a little bit longer and also not surprised considering um, the 14th is a Friday. So if it's going to take them more than one day, it's probably not, not going to be until Monday or Tuesday. Chances are. So we'll, we'll just go over that today and kind of what each thing means. But really, for the most part, the thing to keep in mind with, with what we're going over today is, you know, one of is, is there's a lot of nuance here. This is um, there's a lot of genetics that play play a factor. There's a lot of uh, lifestyle factors that can play a role into what my blood markers look like. Um, there's also, you know, anabolic use in the past that plays into it. But for the most part, what we're going to be seeing today is, is pretty normal. Actually. Um, I'm really happy with my results from the blood test. Uh, everything is pretty much checking out and to be pretty healthy. Um, nothing is ridiculous. So, excuse me. Um, but yeah, we'll just go over that. I think that'll be uh, pretty informative. Yeah, and that's a pretty quick turnaround time. So you're able to get that information pretty quickly. So for yeah. viewers, basically, once you learn how to read it, you can basically take care of that within, I mean, within just a couple of days and know right away what 
if something's wrong or if not, if you're healthy, like how to just continue to improve. Yeah. Yeah. So here, let me uh, share my screen now. Let's see. Um, this one. There we go. Okay. So this is what we're looking at here um, for my blood test results. We go ahead and zoom in a bit more. You guys can see it a bit easier. So this is just full transparency, basically, right? So a lot of people don't really go over their blood tests in the way that, you know, I will be today. So basically where we can start is we'll start, let's go back up to page one. So this is page, this is the first page of it. This is kind of what it looks like. It, it, it looks like a lot. If you don't know what you're looking at, you're like, wow, this is it's a lot going on here. Well, I don't know what really any of this fucking means to be honest. So essentially where you can start, right, is your thyroid panel, right? So what your thyroid does essentially is it's all comes down to digestion really. And, and, you know, I've talked about in the past how I've taken T3 and T4 to help with, um, you know, losing fat during my prep phase. So the good thing about your thyroid, if you don't have any hypothyroidism or any, you know, remove thyroid or anything like that is your thyroid works on a feedback loop. So your thyroid is, is a very versatile, um, I guess you could say kind of like an organ. Um, so your thyroid produces its own hormones and a feedback loop is where in the case that I'm taking, you know, I, I did take essentially like it's endogenous hormones that you produce naturally, but I'm taking it synthetically, essentially I'm adding it, you know, that was what makes it not natural. Um, but because it works on a feedback loop after roughly two weeks off of it, your thyroid kicks right back on. You don't need to do any sort of PCT or anything like that. You don't need to kick everything back on with additional supplements. It just does it on its own. So right here, micrograms uh, per deciliter is the unit of measurement for your thyroid micrograms per deciliter. A lot of what you'll see in, in blood tests is deciliters. Um, sometimes you'll see liters, sometimes you'll see milliliters. It just, it, it depends on what they're measuring, but typically um, deciliters are what uh, we're looking at. So for a deciliter, um, pulling it up right now, the exact measurement. So one deciliter is one tenth of a liter. Um, so deciliter is a, it's a good chunk of blood, actually. It's not, you're not talking about like nothing, you know? So, but really the, the key thing to be looking at outside of deciliter is the actual measurement itself. Um, they give you a reference range and the reference range is what's considered normal. So 4.9 to 10.5 micrograms per deciliter is what's considered normal range for your T4 thyroxine total. So 5.9 for me is right in that smack dab middle, nice and healthy right now. T3 uptake, so just your T3. Um, it's a percentage range, uh, percentage of your total thyroid. So looking at 31 and it's it's right in that range. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, TSH levels um, right in the middle as well. So TSH, obviously just another form of thyroid hormones, T3, T4 and TSH. With that being said, your lipid panel is one of, arguably one of the most important ones. Um, the reason I say that is because uh, your your lipids can point directly to 
potentially underlying issues and potentially future issues. So the reason you'll see blue numbers here out of range, out of range for triglycerides, LDL, HDL, stuff like that. Um, part of it is because uh, of genetics. Cholesterol plays a big role with genetics or vice versa. Genetics plays a big role with cholesterol. So I have cholesterol issues, I believe, in my family, and it goes pretty far back as far as I know. So what you're looking at here is just a measurement of my cholesterol. Really, like we can help it. There have been things we've done in the past to, to get this in a better place. So, um, so not as non non HDL, LDL, and then HDL cholesterol. So HDL is, I want to say it's the good cholesterol then LDL is the bad cholesterol. Um, I always get those mixed up. Uh, let me, let me just make sure. Yeah. So LDL is considered bad cholesterol and then HDL is considered good. So my HDL is in a good place, which is good because we've measured it before and my HDL was like five milligrams per deciliter. Like it was like nothing. So the reference range is greater than or equal to 40 milligrams per deciliter. I've had it in single digits and there wasn't really anything we were doing. I don't think that necessarily put us in that place. It's just for some reason, my cholesterol just tanked and we are able to fix it pretty quickly. Um, and then, you know, getting another blood test after a couple of weeks of remedying it. Um, but as far as LDL goes, this one's saying less than 100 um, milligrams per deciliter is the reference range for primary prevention. Um, and then it says less than 70 for diabetic patients um, or CHD. So what we're looking at here is it's high, that's for sure. Um, it's a little, a little high, actually it's, it's kind of high, but again, I think that that partially plays a role with genetics, nothing we're eating right now that would really affect that. And that's the other common misconception with cholesterol too, is that dietary cholesterol plays a role into your, your blood marker cholesterol, the cholesterol in your blood. This is not true at all. Cholesterol in your food, dietary cholesterol is very, very different from cholesterol in your blood. So don't believe that. Um, just look at your blood markers. That's really what matters. The cholesterol you eat won't directly affect your cholesterol in your blood. Maybe indirectly, but not directly. Uh, a lot of people try to think that like cholesterol translates one to one in your blood, and that's not it's not the case. We'd be dead probably. Um, <laughs> and then moving on. So this is metabolic basically, panel. basically mm -hmm. from like a uh, black and white perspective. Um, if you're looking at this and something is out of range that's something you should investigate is more the point you're making yeah essentially so anytime that it's blue on this um some of the ones i think it's like red you know there's different colors and the way they actually present it is a little bit different um but for the most part if if it's out of range you want to know why you know and i think really just my triglycerides my cholesterol, really just some of my lipids are just out of range. And I think really all that comes down to is we could theoretically make a dietary change. Yes. But at the same time, um, I think a lot of it is just genetics, you know, is you're just pre I'm predisposed to it. So, you know, that's something that we gotta, we gotta work with. Um, but 
it's for the most part, I'm pretty happy with the results we got out of my cholesterol even. I mean, 47 HDL, that's pretty good. I mean, usually I sit like right at 40. Like there's been multiple blood tests I've gotten where every single blood test was 39 milligrams per deciliter. Like I was just under the reference range. So see it at 47, I'm pretty happy about. Uh, obviously my LDL could use some work, but um, you know, that's something that we can we can take a look at and see if we can adjust something in order to fight that, you know, um, it's more preventative. Like that's what this is saying. So the desirable range is less than 100 milligrams for primary prevention of future issues. So it's not like I'm, you, you, you go over a hundred, all of a sudden you're going to fucking go to the hospital. It's just like, you should have it under a hundred to avoid future issues, you know? So, um, that's, that's what we got to take into account is a lot of these are preventative just for general health, really. That's what a lot of these like reference ranges are. Um, and something to keep in mind. So uh, down here that we're looking at now is the comprehensive metabolic. So metabolic is really just essentially all the vitamins and minerals that are in your body. Um, a lot of these down here, sodium, potassium, chloride, carbon dioxide, all this is pretty standard measurements. So this goes on to AST and ALT, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, but pretty much everything right here is comprehensive metabolic. Uh, it's just a lot of, like I said, vitamins, minerals, and I don't really pay too, too, too much attention to this. As long as they're in the normal range, that's all that matters to me. Um, this is just general health is basically what just this means. Um, nah, he here, only has, he only has seven protein. Get bigger, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's all. That's I have seventy-seven protein. That's what I have. No, but um, uh, I wish they would mention protein. That'd be kind of interesting. No, no, it, it does. It made. does. It's it's lower. It's underneath. Oh, pro uh, protein calcium. total. Okay, I was going to say I didn't. I didn't think that they did. <clears throat> cool. Seven point six grams per deciliter. Interesting. All right. Um, yeah, it goes to tell you I don't really pay attention to my uh my minerals down here, my vitamins, minerals, but. Um, the one I really look at is these ones up here. Uh, well, that really, that really EGFR, more more so creatinine. Um, not really nitrogen, but really glucose and creatinine are good measurements to take a look at. So glucose, obviously, it's just glucose in your blood. Glucose is the issue with diabetics, really. Um, whether or not you produce it. Or if you have high cholesterol or high glucose, so like, so sixty-five to ninety-nine is considered um, reference range. If you're under sixty-five, that's what you can kind of consider like uh, type one diabetes, right? You're born with it. Your body just does not produce insulin. It's really what glucose kind of is. It's just insulin. Your body doesn't produce insulin. So when you when you know anybody who has type one diabetes. And they have to take an insulin shot or something is because their insulin has fallen. And I really feel for anybody who has type one diabetes because you're born with it. There's nothing you can do about it. There's no cure. You just have to live with it. And it is a fucking bitch to live with. So I have all the respect in the world for people with type one diabetes. Um, you have to constantly manage it. You have to constantly think about it. The treatment for it is extremely expensive, um, which is really just insulin. The insulin is just extremely expensive and, um, at least from what I've heard, it's very expensive. And, uh, at the same time, you have to watch what you eat. You have to eat very specifically because if you have too much sugar, you're going to, 
you're going to have an issue with too much glucose in your, your blood because your body can't balance it out. So if you don't have diabetes, you're very, very fortunate. With that being said, um, my glucose has always been kind of an issue. It's always been kind of on the high, higher end. Uh, there's been times where I've measured my glucose and between 65 and we'll just say 100 is healthy, right? I've measured it at like 115 or something, which is technically considered pre-diabetic. So type 2 diabetes is, you could essentially say you ate yourself into diabetes where your body just stops producing this insulin. But the difference with type 2 diabetes is you can manage it just with food, really. It's like basically if you eat yourself into diabetes, type 2 that is, uh, you can manage it with food, which really just means losing weight. And then you can actually essentially cure yourself with food. You can actually get your body back to producing insulin and if you manage it well enough. So type 2 diabetes is more so a um, – there's a word for it. It's like smokers. Like you're, like you're kind of doing it to yourself in the long term. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say just for reference. This is just if you put yourself in that situation. If you have like genetic like predisposed, you know, diabetes, that's a different story. That is an entirely different story. Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're born with it. I mean, uh, some people don't find out they have diabetes until like, you know, they're toddlers or whatever it is. It might be like late onset diabetes. But uh, for the most part, if you have type 1, it was not your fault. You did nothing wrong. It's just the way your body's built. And, uh, I mean, I went to school with someone with it and all respect to them for it. Um, you know, they always had their, their meter on them. Like I went to high school with a few people actually, and some preferred the shots individually. Some preferred the meter just to stay on them. So there's, there's a lot technologies come a long way. And essentially when, when we're talking diabetes and the reason I'm bringing this up is because your, your glucose really does play a huge role. Like your glucose in your blood is very, very important. Uh, so when you see someone who has one of those meters on their, on their hip and there's that IV tube kind of going into them, that's insulin. So you have a little bit of insulin in that little meter thing. And what that thing does is it constantly measures your blood glucose. And if your blood glucose is off or it's low, it'll inject insulin into your bloodstream. That way you're fine constantly. So some people prefer the meters. They don't have to think about it. They just kind of live their life and then they're done. But you always have an IV in your system, right? You'll always have something fucking plugged into you. There's Some also the first shots. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, there's also the new, um, it goes right into your <clears throat> tricep. It's the, uh, yes. it's like the, the, um, it's almost like a, <laughs> I, I see like a nicotine, um, sticker almost like it, the, the same yep. look almost. Um, and that like beeps or something when you're, uh, down low or something like that. I want to say they have a few versions of that where, like there's one that'll beep, and I think there's probably ones that hook up to your phone, like through Bluetooth, I think, yeah, as well, and tell you that way. But yeah, those just read your glucose, and so a lot of people who have those don't even actually have insulin issues. Um, a lot of people who have those are like health nuts and shit who want to keep their glucose like exactly at the same spot. You know, like there's there's so many, um, you know, like not really, I wouldn't say like gym bros, but like there's some people who are just hyper obsessed about their health and. I watched a Derek more, you know, more plates, more dates podcast video. I watched like 20 minutes of it. I just want to see a few different topics this guy covered. And he was one of those people. He's been in medicine his whole life. You know, he, he just very, very like obsessed with health markers and, and making sure your body's operating the way it should be. And he takes, 
an insane amount of uh, vitamins and supplements and shit. Like it's just, it's unbelievable. Like I, I lost track of how many he was taking. I mean, probably like 20 different vitamins a day, but uh, he said he likes to keep his glucose in a specific range. Uh, whatever it is, let's say it's like 73 to 75. The, these people will figure out what glucose range they feel the best in. Like they'll, their life is so meticulously planned out and like regimented that the slightest change in glucose, they say they feel a difference. So they find their range that makes them feel the best. They keep that meter on their arm and they stay in that range. It's, it's weird. It's a weird way to live to me. I, I, I don't believe in shit like that. I think your body needs junk. I think your body needs to adapt and, and fight off, you know, evil things in its system. And you should not be giving your body everything that it needs 24 seven. Well, I, I was going to say, personally. even from like the gym perspective, having it like the, I, I keep saying tricep cause that's the only place I've seen them, but I'm sure there's yeah, other places that they can go. But from the gym perspective, yeah. like you, you like ideally, and I mean, maybe it's just the bodybuilder style workout where, or even like power lifters, um, but you abuse your triceps like they're they're used on multiple different lifts you know and so my worry is that you you just got to pump so gnarly that it pops off like what what's the move yeah yeah it's possible i mean you might you might need to remove it or something i'm sure that like the actual needle or whatever it is that's on the inside of that isn't that deep. I'm sure it's like just past skin level. So it probably doesn't really hurt to put it on. You probably just stick it on. It might, might feel like a tiny, tiny pinch, but um, yeah, that could get in the way. Uh, yeah. It could definitely get in the way of training. Um, and at the same time, like when you're in the gym, like I don't want to be worrying about my fucking glucose levels when I'm in the gym, you know, like I don't, I try not to think about my glucose levels to be honest. Listen, it's as it's long like as uh, it's it's like uh, the uh, Paul Blart uh, mall cop. If uh, if I pass out at Vanarchy, I'm going to find a lollipop on the ground somewhere, crawl over to it, and <laughs> and get oh yeah, back I know, and have all, all the lint and band aid and shit on it <laughs> or whatever it was. Like oh, that was nasty. But that's that's type two. That's type two diabetes. <clears throat> he came here passed out because he's been having a glucose in his system. That's yep. why he needed sugar. And, and that's also why you'll see like, um, diabetics carrying like, like fucking Sour Patch Kids or something because it's so, yeah, pixie sticks, like shit like that. It's so fast digesting. It's immediately in their system. So, um, that's why he did lollipop. Busted. He's got candy. Busted. (laughs) Dude, it's the best snack. I'll have like three It's a pre-gym snack. (laughs) (laughs) Busted. This don't even count. This is instantly in my bloodstream. It don't even count. (laughs) This is to supplement my glucose levels, nerd. (laughs) Yeah, this is why it's at 77, you fucking nerd. You're not eating your Sour Patch Kids. Um, But yeah, so glucose is very important. Uh, Glucose, if you're high, it's pre-diabetic. And if you're low, it's pre-diabetic. It's like your your blood pressure. You know, blood pressure, you should be in a specific range. If it's higher, if it's low, that's an issue. Uh, So 77, where it's at. It actually surprised me, not going to lie, because I've always been like minimum 90. Like even like in prep, I'm pretty sure like I didn't dip below like 85. And that was like, we're talking like 1400 calories a day and almost none of that was carbs. So 
I'm surprised it's at 77. I guess just my insulin sensitivity is through the roof. And whenever we talk about insulin sensitivity, really just means it's your blood glucose essentially just is very variable. So uh, if it's low like this, that means it's probably just low at the time of the blood reading. And it's probably not that low typically, which means my insulin sensitivity is very high right now. Uh, and therefore, if I take in any carbs, I should notice a difference with them. You know, so whatever I have before the gym is going to directly affect my energy in the gym. That's what insulin sensitivity means. Um, and then if you have a lot of carbs, it should uptick your digestion as well. You know, I'm kind mm -hmm. of, uh, I'm kind of thinking that come PR time, you know, some people do smelling salts. Yeah. Miss me with that. Give me a pixie stick and let me get under that bar. <laughs> <laughs> a pixie stick, a little of the nose, just a, just to shock the system and the rest in your mouth, you, mm, you, both ends. You know how, if you're training alone, like, and <clears throat> you need like a spot or maybe just like someone to like yell at you to get like your adrenaline going or something like that. You're like, Hey bud, yeah. can you come over and just throw this sugar and like this powdered sugar in my face when I, <laughs> when I'm like halfway up the lift? <laughs> Wasted pissy sticks. No. <laughs> <Just Brr>! like, <laughs> yeah. You just like blow it. Yeah. So like coughing, you start like choking up alone. <laughs> but you got the lift up. <laughs> that's what matters. You might you might almost die, but that's what matters. New box. Um, <laughs> so the next one is uh creatinine. Uh creatinine's a good measurement to take a look at because creatinine is essentially the I guess you could say like wasted muscle that's in your liver, essentially. It's it's what your liver is digesting as muscle. So Right now, it's it's in 1.24 milligrams per deciliter. It's 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 a waste product of muscle that's in your bloodstream that your kidneys filter, not your liver, your kidneys. So, let me correct myself. Um, so, really, creatinine is just a good measurement. Uh, typically, bodybuilders will see a higher number here, uh, and usually, it's I want to say it's out of range. Um, typically, I think. Let me see if I can find. Yeah, that's my PDF. Um, I have to look up my other blood test results. I want to say it's out of range. Let me log in to get my other blood test results. Um, but yeah, so this really just means that your body is uh, digesting muscle through your kidneys and then you just end up peeing it out is really what ends up happening. So um, maybe, let me see if I could pull up my other test results and, and I'll show you guys like a previous test and what the creatinine looked like there. All right, let's see. So my creatinine, holy shit. All right. This is a good example of, uh, all right, let me open up. I don't know if it's this one. I think it's this it might be this one. Yeah, here we go. Okay. So I'll put this over here. Let me, let me share that, that PDF there. All right, here. So this is a previous blood test result. This is peak. This is like middle of cycle, right? So this is, you know, 39 glucose, right? Creatinine 1.21. So the reference range has actually changed since I got this. So now the reference range is 0.6 to one point. Uh, two four 
is a reference range where here it's 1.21, right now it's 1.24. I think part of the reason for that is because um, I'm not taking anything anabolic wise. So it's not really like affecting my, you know, muscle waste or anything like that. It's, it's, I'm wasting away as, as much as I normally would. So essentially what we're looking at. But here, check check this out. So this is what peak cycle, <laughs> what peak cycle looks like, right? <laughs> I'll show you an example. So estradiol, ultra sensitive. This is basically just your estrogen, right? So it's picograms per milliliter. So picograms and milliliters are both smaller measurements. Just a liter. Um, let me see. The difference in size between a picogram versus a, um, a nanogram. So one nanogram right here. So you're going to see this. One nanogram is a thousand picograms, right? So 11 is right in the normal range. It's anything under 29 picograms per milliliter is what's best for uh, men. Granted, milliliter is also a much smaller measurement than deciliter. Uh, so you got to take that into account when you're doing the measurements. But at the end of the day, what's matters is that this is normal. Then you got, here we go. Bada bing, bada boom. I was taking tests at the time. You can see that for sure right there. What? 2,400 no. total test. That's normal. That's, this is natural, dude. Dude, this is, <laughs> this is 100% natural. See, so when I present this to Bradley Martin, I just be like, dude, I was just taking a clomiphene. That's all I was doing. That's not, that's natural. <laughs> it just, it, it lowers your estrogen. So therefore increases your testosterone because that's how it works. If you lower one, you increase the other. Hadoi, that's how the human body works. <laughs> it's a seesaw. That was sarcasm guys, by the way, that was all sarcasm. That's not how the human body works. Yeah. It's almost like everything is almost separate from each other. You're, I mean, you, you take testosterone, your estrogen is going to go up. Yes. But your estrogen could go up regardless if you take testosterone or not. And vice versa, your estrogen could go down if you're not taking it. Your test could go up if you are, and estrogen could go down. It just depends on your body's aromatization. With that being said, um, this is the fun number. <laughs> testosterone free. That's, That's also number. natural. That is 100% natural, clearly, based off of the uh, the reference range. I'm anywhere from 7 to 20 times the normal range. <laughs> so testosterone-free is the number you want to be looking at. Um, I want to say my normal test is usually around like 50 or 60, maybe 70 at the most. Picograms per milliliter. But testosterone-free or your free test is directly what translates essentially into muscle gains. So the higher free test, the more muscle gains you're going to make. So it's pretty cool to see that um, on this test because I'm like, oh, when I saw that, I was like, damn, I'm fucking <laughs> going to be growing from this shit. So uh, this is a definitely an interesting number to take a look at. Um, you know, red blood, my red blood cell count is always high, which we'll go over in a second. Platelets, always good. Oh, uh, so like here's, excuse me. So like here, look, look, 39. I told you fucking 39 every time. It was 39 so many damn times. Yep. 148 here. My other, let me check my other 
um, one. My LDL was at 135. Right here, it's 148. So at the time, my cholesterol was technically in a, in a worse place, much worse place actually than now because this is 39 then, where now is 47 for HDL, and then LDL is 148 then, where now it is 135. So um, much better place now for cholesterol. Um, Non-HDL cholesterol was high. Uh, so for the most part, the difference between these two panels is my cholesterol is in worse place. And then obviously my testosterone was in a completely different place. Glucose. Excuse me. Glucose was higher here as well by two milligrams per deciliter, which is surprising. Um, I'm not sure why I didn't notice that last time. Um, but it is what it is. Um, and then going forward, estradiol and test. This is what the hormone side of things looks like. So let me go back to my other one. Here we go. So moving on, creatinine, and then coming down here, um, this is going to be your CBC, just like your uh, blood count, basically just the different markers in your blood count. So um, your AST and ALT, I've, I swear, I've dove into research about it, and I can't find anything about it. Um, as far as like what it really actually means, it's there are two enzymes. They're they're really just liver enzymes. Um, but really, like what the effects mean is, let me pull this up. So, abnormal levels anywhere from five fifty to one hundred is considered abnormal for these numbers right here. Right. So, um, yeah, looking at this here, yeah, so. Anything here is considered uh, abnormal, but anything from 100, 300 to 1,000 is considered acute hepatitis. So that's where you have like toxic liver um, or some sort of viral issue with your liver. Um, where we're at right now is really nowhere near that. We're fine. I think it just comes down to, I have no idea actually, because I don't drink, I don't smoke, nothing like, like I don't have, I don't really do anything that would affect my liver. Granted, anabolics does affect your liver. Um, it's one of the main things that it, not main things, but it's one of the organs that gets affected very heavily by it, same with your heart. So very possible that that's what that's from, but it's nothing to worry about right now because we're not at that stage. We're not even close to what's considered toxic liver syndrome or, you know, some sort of virus in my liver that's going to destroy it. So we are totally fine. We can address it with and possibly I would just say, supplementation. I, I would say, like, for people who are watching and learning about this, that might be one of the most important ones because anything involving your liver, I mean, not necessarily those two directly, but the other information we've covered about your liver because so much what people take is oral and that's just running house on your liver. So like if you take supplements, yeah, that's, that's all true. pill form that's going to be digested through your liver. If you take like um, oral SARMs or oral anabolics or anything like that, that's all running through your liver. So that's a super important thing to keep a uh, eye on. Yeah, that's a good point. I haven't really taken anything oral in a long time. Well, I, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I was taking some oral, like, uh, aromatized, aromatase inhibitors. Um, I took, like, Clomid, stuff like that. So, like, that could definitely play a role on it. But as far as, like, anything, like, what I would consider really damaging to my liver, 
it's been a long time since I took anything oral, which is really just like Anavar. I haven't taken anything like I haven't taken like Anadrol, for instance. Anadrol is oral and it's very harsh in your liver. It's one of the it's one of the crazier start steroids out there, um, and it's oral. And I haven't taken that, nothing like that. So as far as like what's really affecting my liver, I think it's more something just like kind of underlying. Possibly, I think it might be just the gist of all of my steroid usage. But again, there's there's a lot of supplements out there, a lot of supplement companies that create like liver support supplements. Um, 5% Nutrition has a decent one. And the reason 5% created it, which is Rich Piana, he created it because of his steroid usage. And he said, I wanted to have a really good supplement that uh, can help protect your liver and prolong it for longevity and all of that. So that's why he created that one. So like that's literally, it's called like... It's, it's literally called... Uh, no, after, hold on. I was looking and that's what, one of the ones I was going to take. Um, yeah, was it, yeah, it's something to do with cycle. It's like directly marketed towards people who take, take steroids. Post gear. It's literally called post gear. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's ideally something you could take to help with your liver. And that's really might just be all something I need. It's just some liver support just to get my liver back into a good place. But it's not like, again, it's not like I'm an alcoholic, you know, my liver's not in the tank or, you know, nothing like that. It's just, I think it's just from the effects overall of, of anabolic usage. Um, so it is a good one to keep an eye out to like, it's, it's the reason I couldn't really figure out much of what it was before is because when I was figuring out like what issues it really means at this range, there really isn't much you could, find like there's not really anything anywhere that i could find that like said like this these numbers are like really bad like this is going to cause an issue um obviously 300 and up will cause an issue but i couldn't really find anything like oh this is what this could mean like you your liver could be stage two of fucking toxic liver like whatever like it could like there's not like it's like if you have like if your systolic blood pressure is a little high you could be like yeah, it's this is a this is a predisposed amount that could point to potential heart issues or blood pressure issues in the future. That's exactly what this number range means. Like that's what we know about blood pressure. For this, we don't. I don't think anybody really knows um, yet. It's it's too it's too variable. Um, so that's why I was saying like I couldn't really figure out what it means. Um, but. Everything else pretty much checks out. I mean, my red blood cell count is always high and it most likely always is going to be high just because of training. White blood cell count is high. Um, I think also part of the reason it was high is because I'm also sick right now. Like I had a head cold kind of going into my blood test. So I think that's part of the reason why my uh, my white blood cells like right at the very tip of the reference range. Um so that's a good thing to see that my body's producing more white blood cells in order to fight my head cold. And it's still kind of, I'm still clearing it out of my system. Um, that's why you guys hear me like sniffling sometimes and shit. It's cause like all this gunk in my system. Um, hemoglobin just carries, uh, oxygen and carbon dioxide throughout your blood, uh, platelet count really just your red blood platelets. It's all of this is just your fuck your blood count, blood count. It's really all it means. This is a good place to check make sure everything's kind of in range. That's what you want. Just like the mineral one up here, you kind of want all this stuff to be in range. And you want all this stuff to be in range. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, I can't imagine you'll see one particular thing out of whack while nothing else is out of whack. 
I think that if you're going to be off with one thing, you're going to be off with multiple things. So that's when you need to address it. But with where we're at right now, red blood cell count being high makes sense just because of training. It always it was always high. I mean, the one I took previously, my red blood count was um, six point zero one million per units. Yeah, six point oh one. Now mine's five point nine three. So it's it's always a little high, but that's okay. Uh, that just means I have more more red blood cells in my system to recover and carry oxygen. So it's okay. Um, not really too too much of a worry there. But again, here we have um, IGF one testosterone free and total, and then we're waiting for estradiol ultra sensitive to come back. But what we want to see. So like, let me pull back. Let me pull that's, back my other one. That's what I was about to say. If obviously speculatory, but if you were to guess where your free test is. On or in oh, your PCT, what are you uh, ballpark guessing? Yeah, let me see. Uh, this one, there we go. Because so, we, we saw what your your test numbers were mid cycle, <clears throat> and it was one hundred percent natural. But um, totally, yeah. The more so, like, what is your expectation for it now that you're in PCT? Yeah, so I'm completely off everything now. So my expectation for my numbers will be like for my total, my guess is probably like knowing my body, maybe around 500 in that ballpark, around 500 nanograms per deciliter. And then knowing my body as well, my free is like probably about 70, probably like 60 to 70. And if it's in that ballpark, I'd be pretty happy. That just means like I'm just naturally producing it is really what that would mean. So um, you know, I say we were off everything for a good like week and a half before at least week and a half before I got my blood test. So we should be back to like pretty much normal production by the time I got my blood test done. So I'm just waiting on that to come back. And if your test is lower than that, you're it obviously means your body is not back to naturally producing. Um, are you looking at more of a TRT then, or is there a different process? Just give it more time. <clears throat> yeah, good question. So if I'm like 250 or some shit like that, we probably got it measured when my body wasn't fully producing it yet. Um, I don't think it's for me. I don't think it's a problem. I think I just need to give my body more time. I don't think I need to go get another blood test. But if you're like natural, you've never done anything, you've never done a PCT, nothing like that. You go to get tested and you're at 250. That's a problem because you've been naturally producing your whole life and you're that low. That could be, that could be potential for some issues um, where you could go to a clinic and be like, Hey, look, you know, these are my blood test results. Uh, your free testosterone also plays a role and your estradiol plays a role too. Some guys will find that they have high estrogen and low test. And that's directly because your pituitary gland, your, uh, your gonads, um, your prostate, none of that's operating properly. You know, um, and of course, because of that, you're going to have other issues as well. You know, if you have low test and none of that's properly performing, you're most likely your testes are probably shut down at that point or close to it. And therefore you're probably not going to be able to conceive a child if you wanted to, you know, that's why I think like also with guys is that if you're going to go get, try to go get pregnant, I think you should also go get your blood test done just to be sure. Hey, you know, I just want to be sure my numbers are where they're supposed to be. 
regardless of a sperm check. You can absolutely do a sperm check as well or a sperm check instead of a blood work. But I think ideally you do the blood work and then do the sperm check if you're going to do that. I think it's good to know both um, when you go to conceive a child. I think it's good to know both for just you and the person you're with. And this goes for women too. I think it's good to get get your man, your your markers checked and all that, make sure everything's working properly. Yeah, it's kind of like taking a look at you know, in the in the golden age of, of bodybuilding, you know, they didn't really have as in depth, <coughs> excuse me, uh, knowledge and information like we have now. So even if you're not in the bodybuilding world, just taking a look back at just you know forty fifty years ago, which in the grand scheme of humanity is not all that long. And it's more so just being able to take advantage of, you know, the technology and advancements we've made, even if you have, mm -hmm. you know, no real reason to it's, it's m most of this is just, you know, preventative and, and checking in periodically to just keep yourself in a good, Correct. you know, state of mind, good, <laughs> healthy body. And you can catch things like if a number is is waning when it really shouldn't be even if it's not in a danger zone yet you can catch it early on that's why paul said way back when you know taking a blood test once a year i mean in the bodybuilding world you take it <laughs> a little bit more than that sometimes but yeah. for people who have no reason to once a year is a pretty reasonable amount of time yeah once a year is plenty for anybody who's natural even if you're training the gym once a year is plenty as you get older, I think once you hit 35, you should probably get it every like six months um, because 35 is literally right when your body starts to, your, your testosterone starts to tank. Um, and it goes down fucking fast, my guy. Let me tell you. By the time you're 45, like this is, this, I'm not talking out of like my ass here. Like there's been studies shown that between the ages of 35 and 45, like in that range, like that period of time, 10 years roughly, is when your testosterone is basically gone by the time you're 45. That's the average, right? And it starts on average around 35. So if you're 35, I would say start getting it checked every six months or so um, because it's just – it's like, okay, here's my thing. I One thing I've always kind of believed is that the way – our, the human body was built was never built to live or to live how long or how we live now. Right. When yeah. we, when we first formed as a species, we lived no longer than like 30 to 35 typically. Um, and on top of that, we were way smaller. Um, and we were never meant to live to be nineties and eating the shit that we eat, you know? So obviously there's a lot of studies done and all of that. And there's a lot of different beliefs and all of that, but, at the end of the day, I think part of the reason our body shuts down after like 35 is because really we should be dead by then, honestly. Like that's how it was. You know, you don't live that long back then. 35 was old. You were old as shit at 35. Uh, granted, obviously aging is different now. At 35, you're still young back then. It's not like you were like gray and white at 35, but 35 was usually like the max. It's like any other animal. You, every single animal that's not the apex predator you're almost guaranteed to die being eaten. Yeah. Very few animals die of old age. And that's how humans were. We we either were eaten or we died of some sort of illness or accident or starvation. Like it was an outside force. It was never it was almost never anything natural. Um, it was never old age. You never just your body just never just shut down. It just didn't just stop working. Um, so that's I think part of the reason why our body shut down like that. So 
yeah, keep getting tested. If you're 35 and up, get tested every six months. What my plan is, is now that I'm in a different place financially, I'll say, I want to get every cycle I run in the middle of the cycle, I want to get blood tests done. And especially if there's only like one variable difference, like if it's like, oh, this cycle I'm running tr uh, trend versus last cycle I was running Primo. How does my body respond to Primo versus how does my body respond to trend? Yeah. You know, if like the cycle is very similar. So like, that's kind of what I want to see. I want to see how my body responds to these things in the middle of cycles. Um, so I do want to get more blood tests done to see how the, how that's going. Um, so like, you know, bodybuilding, there's a lot more reason to get your blood test done. I get it done once every like maybe six months to a year depends on what the year looks like. But going forward, I want to get it done probably every three months or so, roughly three to four months, like middle of bulk, middle of prep, middle of cruise is basically what I'm looking at. Yeah. Something like that. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it's, it's always good to know, um, what your blood markers look like from time to time. And it's always good to just get it checked. I, I've always believed in that. Yeah. And I mean, that's like just going back to, you know, taking advantage of modern technology, like this stuff is available and, you know, it's relatively cost effective. It's not, you know, go to the store and just drop five bucks. Like it's, it's a little more than that, but it's still relatively cost effective in the, you know, grand scheme of things. If you're thinking lifetime support, it's absolutely worth it. Like imagine you catch some, like God forbid you catch like some kind of a, let's take like diabetes, for example, you catch that prior to it actually getting to the point where you need to be fully, you know, uh, on some kind of medicine, like, you just saved yourself a lot more than the, the amount it cost for your test, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're able to prevent it, I mean, that's what a lot of this is. Like you said earlier, it's all a lot of preventative stuff. You know, that's, that's really important because you're, you'll be thankful you did it in the end. Cause once, if you don't prevent it, it'll end up becoming too late and there's nothing you can do about it. And now you have to deal with it. So if you could get ahead of it, proactive measurements to prevent it, then you're going to be much healthier in the lo longer run. I, again, I also don't believe that you should be taking every vitamin under the sun. And I don't think that you should be supplementing in everything that your body needs. If your body needs it supplemented in, but that's really when you need to supplement it in. That's my opinion. You know, I like that guy in the video, great insight, great knowledge. Personally, I don't think I'd benefit a lot from taking multiple kinds of magnesium like he was taking. Might work for him. It's not something that I don't think I need. I mean, I take magnesium glycinate. I kind of not. I kind of notice a difference. I notice a difference a lot during prep, but not now. Now that I have more, you know, food in my system, I have more energy, a lot less training, all that. So I might not need it now. He might need it and benefit from it. But just because somebody takes a certain vitamin doesn't mean that you have to take it as well. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. And everything coming out normal here. I'm I'm pretty happy about that. And if you, uh, the thing is, if you don't catch, <coughs> excuse me, if you don't catch uh, something and it gets too late, just blast uh, a CC of trend and ride into the sunset, you know? <laughs> yeah, perfect. Did you see that? Did you see that video I sent you yesterday? The, the, where Sam was like, the table. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> he's like, there's a bunch of gains on this table and you're just leaving it. Yep. Whatever it was. 
saw this video as a meme and it was like uh when your homie doesn't like want to trying to convince yeah <laughs> what's that when your homie doesn't want to cycle with you <laughs> yeah and he's like there's a lot of gains on the table and you're just leaving it there or something like that yeah. <laughs> it's sam sulik classic um but yeah i mean it's i think uh you guys should get it done get it checked out and try to interpret it the best way you can obviously like there's you could you could take classes on what each of these markers mean i mean each there's so many markers in a blood test i mean it's i can't we don't have the time to go over each one and not every single one really matters um yes obviously as a bulk they do but like if my absolute basophils aren't fucking dialed in doesn't mean i'm gonna die you know it's like it's it's the bulk of everything that you want to look at for your minerals your blood count um and your vitamins and all that but the the key things is what we're going over today that's the key things you want to look at you know it's like six or seven things that really tell you everything you need to know and uh if you if you aren't able to read it feel free to send it in and we'll go well web md on you and tell you that you have six hours to live yeah, you got some like obscure revolutionary <laughs> war sickness that'll kill you, and only like seven people have ever had it. You've got the bubonic plague, the one that's been <laughs> dead for over long. You, you got what's called dead. <laughs> that's it. You're dead. It's just, there's no cure. You're dead. <laughs> You're not alive. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. We'll have uh, we we do apologize for the break there. Um, I was up with family for the weekend for Christmas. And I was dummy um, sick. Yeah. You got fucked up Yeah, I did. from something, something fucked up your whole Lost system. Lost 10 so. pounds in a single week. I'm not, not happy about that. It happened. It'll come right back. I know a lot of that's water. A lot of that's water. Yeah. So it'll come right back. But yeah, so it just, it just didn't work out. Um, first record. So it is what it is. It happens. And, we try to keep it to once a week as much as we possibly can, but sometimes life gets in the way, but we're back at it. Um, should be a problem going forward, recording it for once a week. Yep. But we appreciate you guys sticking by and listening. With that being said, take it easy, guys. Appreciate it. We'll see you. Peace out.